0: My name is Katherine Lofton, and I teach at Yale University.
1: So what do we mean when we talk about the meaning of life or meaning in life? What does it feel like to feel that your life is meaningful?
0: I love that you use the word feel in that sentence. We often stop at what do we mean about the meaning of life, and then we usually give one-line answers or a set of components. So finding happiness, satisfaction, sense of social purpose, or I just want some kids, a dog, a house. So they're either these single things or components that set up an idea of a sort of dollhouse endgame. And the use of the word feeling is so beautiful because I think for so many people who... Have the components or don't have the components. It's elusive what the meaning of it is. To me, answering that question is about feeling, about assessing what it is to get up in the morning, to imagine that the day is worth moving through with curiosity. um, And knowing that that movement won't include violence, um, won't include insult. Uh, And then when facing inevitable violence and insult, um, not allowing that to determine the entirety of yourself. But I worry a lot that in this time, in this moment, so many people are um, vulnerable to literal and verbal and affective violence. That naming meaning feels like a cruelty before their everydayness. I think um, we have devalued feeling, or we've, we've gendered feeling, we've made feeling a thing that shows you're not tough enough to get the components and achieve the abstraction. And I think that those acts of overriding emotion are why so many of us are in deep despair. I uh, adore this poet, Kay Ryan. Uh, who was Poet Laureate of the United States. And um, that's an accolade that she received that, that seems almost wrong to highlight. Even to say that it serves a vision of what it would mean to be important that she was honored by some nation-state notion of humanist excellence. But um, she has this great poem called Atlas. And and, and and the opening passage is is just, it is a passage I say to myself over and over like a um, like a shibboleth. Um, and the, it, it's extreme exertion Isolates a person from help, discovered Atlas. So here she's calling upon that great mythic image of Atlas holding up the earth and points to that exertion. So what it looks like is Atlas is doing the work of the world. He's help, he's he's lifting us up. And and Ryan sails in and says, Look at that martyr. He's so isolated. I mean, this is you know, today's reading. Is every day I say that to myself for different reasons. I, I say that phrase extreme exertion isolates a person from help when I speak to a college student who is frightened that her parents are going to be uh, taken into ICE custody and that she might have a COVID diagnosis. I, and she's crying about all the work she should be doing for classes. I say that phrase to myself when I speak to a mother who is unable to do her job right now in the way that she imagines will keep her in the game. Um, I say that phrase when I talk to a relative who works in circumstances that are so precarious and they're trying to apply for more jobs, but they don't have good internet service and they can't seem to finish an application. And is there any way we could figure out to get them a hotspot so they can apply for a fourth job? So all of this extreme exertion isolates a person from help. And um, so all the ways in which in here that the the keyword that's missing is capitalism, that to survive, to pull together the resources we need. Oh, if I just had this much more money, my cousin says, I would have time to think. Like if I could just not worry about that bill or I could not worry about my second cousin's illness that requires, oh, I could just be calmer. But that's... The self-deception it's an understandable self that's what we're trained to think just keep working and that money will solve your problems or just keep acting and you won't feel the pain but all of that exertion isolates you from collectivity solidarity from what we all have felt in, in, in our, our deepest moments of sadness that sometimes just calling someone on the phone hearing their voice hearing them rehearse aloud Reasons for the good. You you walk away not healed of what is cracked, of what is not right in capital, but you feel differently about yourself as being able to survive. it. and and, and enough of those conversations, of course, builds this this incredible thing, solidarity. So, so yeah, for me, the question of meaning seems very tied into being reminded um, in in the moments of plaintiveness that your very exertion, that thing that you're taught to do, because when you work hard, you'll get good. But that itself pulls you away from um, being knit into the fabric of other people. I think one of the challenges for uh, people of privilege is that they are so subsumed by um, inactive grief and guilt over their socioeconomic possibility that they A, don't see the pain that coexists with that possibility. So I do agree that it's a privilege to be able to write long essays about inequality and I'm in a business, in a professorial life, where that's true, that is a privilege. But I don't think it's a privilege to feel pain or to be able to name pain or sing pain in a, in a backseat of a car. Um, and I think the challenge is that privileged people often um, imagine that their privilege is either a weapon they have to justify, well, I worked hard, Everyone else can work hard. Or, I know it's so terrible. I feel so badly. And I think both of those dispositions are weakening their capacity to name the feeling that they have in that moment, which is what? What is the feeling? Is the feeling guilt? Is it about distance from others? Is it about what you sacrificed to gain? And the more we could name that, I think the more we would participate in what? cultural theorists describe as the social critique of capitalism. We work together to say not we can magically have a new system. But what real pain does this reaching past our discomfort create?
1: Making Meaning is a limited series from Ministry of Ideas. It is produced by me, Zachary Davis, and Jack Pombriant. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support us by sharing the show with your friends, subscribing, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. For more information, visit our website at ministryofideas.org. You can connect with us on Twitter, where we're at Ministry of Ideas. You can also email us at at zacharyatministryofideas.org. We would love to hear from you. Ministry of Ideas is a proud member of Hub & Spoke, a Boston-centric collective of smart, idea-driven podcasts. You can check out all of our shows at hubspokeaudio.org.